folks, we are back with another edition of the CIC cast. Thank you for joining us as always. I am Joel Cookson and I am excited to talk a little high school sports with you. It is championship season. We are uh, up and running, no pun intended. We've uh, concluded the CIC indoor track and field championship season. I think the last time we spoke with you here on the CIC cast, we were previewing the indoor track and field in, uh, excuse me, indoor track and field divisional championship meets. Those are now concluded. We have uh, done the divisional championships of the uh, wrestling in Connecticut. The state open is coming up this weekend. And uh, we also now are going to be doing a little girls gymnastics uh, championship this weekend. The class championships are underway and the pairings are out for the girls basketball tournament. So championships in full swing here in the state of Connecticut, the high school sports championships, so much going on. And we've got two guests to help uh, break us break down some of the things that will be going on uh, in the next few days and weeks uh, on this edition of the CIC cast. We're going to start things off a conversation with Pat Simon. He is the girls gymnastics tournament director. He's going to talk a little bit about what folks can look forward to at Pomparaga High School this weekend, where the three class championships will be decided in girls gymnastics. Then a, uh, a frequent contributor to the CIC cast and a, a popular podcast guest of late. I've noticed him uh, sneaking off to take part in some other podcasts, but I've decided to not take offense to it. That is Scott Erickson of the Stamford Advocate. He's going to join us. He was with us uh, shortly after the girls basketball tournament pairings came out, and Scott's going to help us kind of take a look at some of the intriguing storylines and things we might want to watch in the girls basketball tournaments as well. So two guests this week, Pat Simon, Scott Erickson. Hope you'll enjoy those conversations. I'm looking forward to both of them. Uh, some, good some good chatter. There is a lot happening in the world of high school sports, league tournaments, uh, particularly in boys basketball, starting to heat up here on Friday the 23rd as I, uh, as I record this. There is a lot going on, lots of championships act action. So please uh, please uh, listen to the podcast, enjoy, get ready, and, uh, and follow some high school sports as we go through the weekend. So before we get to uh, our conversations with Pat and Scott, I want to quickly uh, go through some things you might have missed on CICsports.com since last we spoke. Uh, as always, of course, we've had a couple editions of Linked Up, uh, some uh, wonderful feature stories, particularly the edition uh, that we posted today, uh, really some tremendous feature stories in that one. Hope you'll check that out. Uh, the win Winter 2018 Championship Edition of Linked Up is, of course, up. That's where you can find stories on every single championship that's going to take place uh, over the next few weeks in Connecticut uh, high school sports. We've already got the stories from the Indoor Track and Field Championships as well as the Divisional Wrestling Championships. Great weekend, uh, great competition last weekend um, in that sport. So lots of good stories there. And it'll be updated throughout the, week uh, throughout the season. So Monday, you can check that out again and uh, it'll have all the results from the uh, wrestling open and the gymnastics competition so be sure to check that out as well uh, for coaches the schedule for the 2018 spring rules interpretation meetings that's an important uh, requirement uh, from the CIAC folks got to go uh, and and make sure they've uh, done their uh, duty there and, and checked in on one of the rules interpretations so that schedule is there and then a story that I really enjoyed uh, from um, from the ECC the Eastern uh, Connecticut Conference uh, a few schools and students there really took the lead on uh, trying to expand the sportsmanship initiative, the Class Act School initiative. So we've got a story there 
on CICsports.com about uh, about some remarkable students and uh, and some kids who really have taken initiative and and the good things that can happen when uh, when sometimes maybe adults get out of the way and let uh, let students take the lead on some of these issues. So I uh, hope you'll check that out as well. Great story there about uh, the expansion of the Class Act uh, program in the ECC. Really uh, really happy to talk to some great kids and. Uh, and, and see some of the wonderful things that they did uh, out in that part of the state. So hope you'll check that story out as well. And, of course, this weekend uh, and all through the winter season, you are going to want to bookmark the Tournament Central page on CICsports.com. It's got all of the pairings. Uh, we'll mention the the, the details for the um, the gymnastics championships, the live results from the wrestling championships that will be going on uh, this weekend, um, everything, the girls' basketball uh, pairings that we're going to go through with uh, Scott Erickson, all can be found at that Tournament Central page. It's got schedules, results, brackets, anything you could possibly want related to CIAC tournament uh, information. It's all there. You're going to want to bookmark that. There's a link there where you can sign up for email and text alerts. We hope you will do that as well. Um, so much good stuff there. Uh, we hope you will take advantage of it. TournamentCentral.CIACsports.com. Also, uh, if you're out at a game and you want to uh, get the mobile version of CIACsports.com, CIACmobile.com uh, on your mobile device's browser. That will give you uh, all the information uh, in a nice, uh, easily easy-to-read uh, form on your mobile device. So uh, keep that in mind as well. And uh, that's going to do it so far for things you might have missed on CIACsports.com. Um, of course, also, I want to mention um, the NFHS Network will be live streaming both the Open Wrestling Open Championships, the finals, uh, on Saturday afternoon evening, so you can check that out, and the Connecticut High School Dance Championships, which will be taking center stage on Saturday at Hamden High School. You'll be able to watch the championships live on the NFHS network there. A 30-day uh, a subscription, uh, which is just 10 bucks, will get you access to both those events, the upcoming cheerleading championships, finals in boys and girls basketball, ice hockey, the semifinals in ice hockey, Hockey, um, the championships of the Boys Swimming Open, all will be available in the coming weeks along with some additional tournament events, I'm sure, on the NFHS network. So just one uh, $10 subscription uh, will get you access to all of those events live. So hope you will uh, take some time to check that out. You will not regret it. So the NFHS network is a, uh, a great place to keep tabs on the happenings and uh, over the next one month or so for the CIAC championship. So before we get to uh, our conversation, oh, I should have mentioned as well, if you're enjoying the podcast, you can find it on uh, on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Google Play. Uh, we hope you'll subscribe, hope you'll download, hope you'll leave us a review. If you do any of those things, um, that would be great. We would love to, uh, to have you subscribe to the podcast. You get it automatically. You don't uh, have to worry about, uh, about tracking it down. It'll come right to you. You can do that on all of those platforms. That's We've made this, the podcast available all of those places. I'm all over the place today, but we want to also, uh, before we get to our guests, offer our uh, reminder from our friends at the Connecticut Department of Transportation that drunk driving continues to take a terrible, terrible toll. That's not easy to say. On the nation, claiming almost 10,000 lives each year. In 2011 alone, there were 9,878 fatalities on America's highways in which, in which drunk drivers or motorcycle riders were involved. That works out to an average of about one fatality every 53 minutes. Athletes, fans, and families, please 
always designate a sober driver to stay safe on the road. And, of course, they also remind you one text or call could wreck it all. Please keep the phone parked away when you are driving. Not worth the risk to yourself or others to uh, be playing around with your phone when you're uh, behind the wheel. So good reminders from our friends at the Connecticut Department of Transportation. All of that said, you've heard more than enough from me. Let's get to our guests. We're going to start things off. The gymnastics championships taking place this weekend. Pomperog High School, uh, three classes, eight teams per class, will be competing for three CIAC championships. Let's get on the phone with Pat Simon, the uh, tournament director, who's going to help us break down what's going to take place at Pomperog this weekend. The gymnastics championships will take center stage this weekend at Pomperog High School, and we're very fortunate to have with us uh, Pat Simon, who serves as the tournament director for the gymnastics championships, as long as the uh, the gymnastics coach at Jonathan Law High School. So, Pat, uh, welcome to the podcast. Thanks very much for being with us. Thank you for having me. So we're headed into uh, what's going to be a very, very busy weekend. We uh, Before we started recording, we uh, were, were talking with Pat about some of the logistical challenges of, uh, of putting this meet together, as you will have uh, three classes competing in the gymnastics championship starting at uh, 9 a.m. on Saturday at Pomperog High School. So let's start there, Pat, and just kind of give people a perspective. Um, you know, what is, uh, what is it involved, and, and what are some of the challenges with kind of getting this meet, uh, which is obviously pretty large in scope, with a, a, a large number of teams and, and three championships and a lot of equipment and all that coming together at, uh, at Pomperog. What are some of the challenges and what are some of the things you're working on as tournament director here on, uh, on the, as we talk Friday before the championship? Well, one of the, the biggest problems that we have are the locations for a, a high school gymnastics championship. It's cost prohibitive to go to a college, uh, so we use high schools and there's only a small handful that can actually host a meet of this size and then the other question is the equipment and extra mats different uh, things that have to be brought to the meet and it's uh, it's difficult to get some of those things you have to get a truck to bring some of those things in mm -hmm. and then be able to leave it there for or have it available for all of the teams throughout the entire day now we're going to be starting at 8:30 tomorrow morning, and uh, that'll be Saturday the 24th. We start right away with, uh, well, with a stretch coaches meeting, and then at 9 o'clock the first meet starts. Our goal at that point is to have everything run as smooth as possible because the next meet people will show up at 12. Mm -hmm. We have to have space available for them. Uh, then they have to be able to warm up, and their meet starts at 1. And then after that meet, the next meet will be at 5 o'clock. Now, in between that, we've got to be able to provide food for the judges, have them take some time off because these judges will be sitting there for all of those meets, which could run three hours, which is a long time to ask for a, a, a high school official to, Absolutely. to sit. Uh, we like to try to give them some time off during the, the, the day. However, we don't want that last meet to last really late at night, which is why we have to have this on a, a weekend. We always try to do it on a Saturday. Uh, the other part is what happens if it snows, where do we go there, and almost every high school has things booked each weekend, so it's difficult to even try to secure an open gym for a snow date, and then you have to find a gym that has all the equipment. 
yeah, no question. A lot, uh, a lot of things to uh, to juggle and and to consider here as we uh, look move uh, into Saturday. Hopefully, the weather will co cooperate and that uh, that snow date won't become necessary. You mentioned um, getting started at at nine a.m. Uh, going all the way through with meets at one o'clock and five o'clock. Uh, what is that day like? Um, you know, both from the perspective of a coach. Uh, and and it, from the perspective, maybe obviously of you know looking at your your athletes, you know what is that day um, you know like? You've kind of been building to this championship weekend uh, all season long for a lot of these athletes and coaches. What what, what kind of walk us through how that day goes and and what it's like for a for a coach and, and a team as they uh, they compete for a championship? Well, you hope that you have prepared them enough with practicing all of their routines, making sure that everything is in order, everybody is ready, uh, backup plans in case somebody is sick or injured, uh, who are you going to put in, uh, how are you going to do it. Uh, also, getting them to the event, where they're going to be, uh, make sure that they are aware that they can, they can buy food there if they need that or what you're going to bring for them. Mm -hmm. And then once you get there, you know ahead of time where your rotations will be because that's all posted. And then they have to plan their meet around those rotations as to who's going to be out there helping. You're not going to have your whole team walk out there and try to help set the bars or move mats. And you're going to have to try to set up just a couple of kids and leave the rest of them sitting at the bleachers right? because uh, there's a whole separate area just for the team. And then it's matter of getting them into their warm-up, make sure they have enough time, make sure they're ready for the warm-up. Warm-ups are all timed. They've got to be set and ready. As an example, when it comes time for bars and you know you're going to go over to the, those uneven bars, you have to make sure that all of the girls have their grips ready and on so that they can start right away. Um, as you're sort of, uh, you know, obviously you, you've got uh, kind of a couple roles here, but uh, your team is going to be competing um, tomorrow while you're also handling your, your tournament directing duties. What are you sort of trying to do as a coach throughout the day, um, you know, just focusing on that, on your coaching role for a minute? What, you know, how are you handling your team? What are you doing? What are you kind of, uh, you know, keeping busy with during the, during the actual competition for your team and uh, as the day progresses? Well, I'm very fortunate to have a, a very experienced assistant coach, and that way I can also do both. It's a matter of keeping an eye on what's going on around the gym, yet still coaching, and if something comes up and I have to make a decision or run to do something, she can actually take over at that point uh, until I get back. Mm -hmm. it, it is um, it, it is a, a long day, and you keep going, you, you, your head is on a swivel the whole time, making sure that everything is working right. Uh, judges have what they need, or if there's an issue, you've got to be able to uh, handle that uh, right away. Yeah. What about uh, for the athletes? Obviously, you know there's a lot of uh, a lot of pressure coming at this point of the season. That you know they're they're dealing with uh, the pressure of competition all year long. But uh, how do you sort of or, or what have you seen from them in terms of how they um, you know kind of work their way through what's a you know a long uh, even you know obviously they're not competing in all three classes, but uh, you know even that one long uh, you know championship meet is sort of a, I imagine kind of an exhausting uh, mentally and physically for them. How do they sort of uh, you know, face their face their way through some of that from uh, from what you've seen. Well, this is something that we do during the season, and we work with. Uh, when we have meets, some of the meets are 
tri meets, quad meets, so that they are used to going in rotations. Uh, almost all of them have a league championship, so mm-hmm. they're used to that type of format, which is about the same. And you have to be ready to to move or rotate around. So they're used to this type of competition. So it that part is relatively easy. Um, all right. So what do we? Uh, you know, I'll give. I'm not going to uh, ask you certainly to uh, to to do any kind of uh, you know previews or predictions or anything like that. I'll, I'll leave that to other folks. But you know, just as sort of a general uh, you know kind of uh, picture, what are you sort of expecting, and or what do you think? Uh, fans can kind of look forward to if they're heading out to Pomparag uh, for the ch- gymnastics championships tomorrow? Well, one of the uh, biggest uh, biggest events and closest right now will be the L Division, and that's going to be at 1 o'clock, and that's going to be between Greenwich and Trumbull, who have the uh, two highest averages in the state. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a real shootout there. Those are like the ones you see at the on television where they have the, the, the collegiate ones where just a little false move here or there can mean the difference. The M division, which will be, let me check that, that one is at 5 o'clock. That one also is going to be close between Wilton and Daniel Hand. Uh, that They're only uh, less than a, a point and a half apart from each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that could be a close one. Uh, that's some of the stuff that will be interesting. But then again, at every meet, you, you never know what to expect. A, a team can go in in eighth position and end up in third position. They could finish third. You know, they can have an outstanding meet. You, you don't know what to expect. So you just go out there and do your best and hope for the best. And, and what I tell my girls every time before they go out, just go out and have fun. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, we look forward to it, and uh, as you said, uh, they can fans can find all the information at uh, on the CIAC's Tournament Central page. Uh, the qualifying teams, eight teams in each class that will be uh, competing for championships uh, tomorrow, and uh, it should be a great day at Pomparag. And uh, we appreciate all the work you uh, put in to uh, to help make it happen. And uh, looking forward to a great day of competition. So thanks so much for joining us, taking a little time out, and uh, and talking about us with it, Pat. Great. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much to Pat. Good conversation with him. Really uh, passionate about the world of high school gymnastics. That's a sport that uh, uh, you know may not get all of the publicity and the fanfare that a lot of the other ones do this time of year, but those kids work just as hard and, uh, and are deserving of some attention as they compete for CIC championships this weekend. So good luck to all of the competitors, all the coaches, all the fans. Please uh, enjoy yourselves there at, uh, at Pomparag and uh, have a great weekend of competition. As I mentioned, we finished up with Pat. Now we're going to get on the phone with uh, another one of our favorite guests here, Scott Erickson from the Stanford Advocate. He's going to help us go through some of the interesting things to keep an eye on as the girls' basketball tournament starts uh, gets underway next week. The pairings are out. Scott's going to help us kind of break down some of the things to look for as that girls' basketball tournament gets underway. It is bracket day here for the uh, girls' basketball in the world of the CIAC. The pairings for the girls' basketball tournaments came out as we speak, essentially, here on Wednesday in the uh, the CIAC offices. So we wanted to get on the phone with Scott Erickson of the Stanford Advocate, who covers uh, girls' basketball, among many other things, down in that part of the state. Scott, as always, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, Joel. I'm super excited. It's, I, I love when you guys unveil the brackets. And uh, like I was, I was saying to you earlier, you know, basketball, I think, is the best sport for tournaments. When you get your first look at those brackets and can look at the initial matchups and then look down the road and stuff, uh, 
it's always a fun day for the people that, that do this job. No question about it. So we uh, we appreciate that you're excited. So let's uh, let's start with a little bit of uh, you know bracketology. Although I'm I'm guessing ESPN has probably trademarked that word. But we'll, yeah, be uh, careful. Joel. I know. I gotta I gotta don't want to step on anybody's toes here. We'll we're gonna come up with our own uh, our own uh, terminology here. But uh, let, let's take a look at the pairings and and what sort of uh, jumped out at you maybe as uh, as you look through them, uh, whether it was schools you're you're familiar with or just kind of. Uh, the you know taking a, a wide uh, wide angle lens at them, what kind of uh, emerged to you when you saw how everything shook out in terms of the storylines? Uh, you know, there's some interesting seeds in there, and then I you know I think there's a few teams um, that are lower seeds that can make a little bit of runs here. Um, you know, having Trumbull and Mercy down in that bottom bracket is going to be tough. You know, those are two really really good teams. New London uh, in that top bracket, I mean, they've just been so good. You know, I haven't had a chance to see them, but just based on what I've read and heard about them, and I obviously saw them, you know, playing the tournament last year. Um, and looking at the teams that are in that bracket, there's some teams that could definitely, you know, cause some trouble for them, but hard times not seeing, uh, not seeing New London get through there mm-hmm. in that bracket. Although I do kind of like uh, Wilton down there, that 12th seed. I think they're really, really dangerous 12th seed. You know, we can talk about them more when we get there, but uh, I saw them last night. I've seen them a few times this season. they got a bunch of seniors. They have a girl that can take over the game. But, um, yeah, I mean, the brackets are pretty well spread out. There's only one one game, I think, where an FCAC team is playing another FCAC team. The SEC, same thing. You know, it's, it's always better when you can play a team, I think, from outside your conference. I just think it makes the, the tournament more fun. Yeah, no, I think that's, uh, you know, I think that's, yeah, what part of people – part of what people like about the state tournaments. Obviously, you know, the, the teams uh, you, you're familiar with in your league, but then you, you open it up and you kind of get to see, you know, how is that uh, that that second best team in the in whatever league uh, matched up against the third best team in that other league and, and try to, to sort it all out. Anything else that, uh, that jumped out at you when you kind of uh, took a look at the pairings when they came out today? Shelton Trumbull, I mean, I, I, I don't know much about Shelton's team, but they're neighbors, so that's always good when you can get teams that don't play each other because they're in different conferences, but their towns actually are border. You know, they border with each other. Um, but no, other than, other than that, you know, I thought the seedings were good, fair, and uh, there are some pretty interesting matchups, especially when you start looking down the road a little bit, you know? Yeah, so let's uh, let's let uh, I'm, I'm not going to uh, make anybody stake their uh, their career on a on a prediction here or anything. But as you kind of project your way forward, what uh, what looks interesting to you in in terms of some matchups that we might see uh, maybe later as the tournaments progress? Right, uh, you know I think that second round if, if Hall and Wilton get through there, that could be really interesting, and then um, that could really open that bracket up if if Wilton can can beat them. And then I wonder if you know I, again I haven't seen Simsbury, but Based on their record, you know, Simsbury's had a very good year. Uh, so that could be a great quarterfinal, you know, Wilton against Simsbury. Um, again, not, not taking anything away from Hall, who's, who's the five seed in there. But uh, I think, you know, when you have seniors and, you know, Wilton ends up as a 12 seed, you know, with four losses, but those are all two pretty good teams. They obviously play a, a tough schedule in the FCX. So sometimes the seedings can be a little bit misleading, you know. Um, geez, looking down the road, like um, – Norwalk or Danbury, whoever gets to do that, would have to play Ward in the second round. Um, that's an FCAC battle again. You know, and I think Ward and Norwalk are both teams that could they're a legitimate quarterfinal and possibly semifinal teams. I think they're they're really good and they're going to be playing each other possibly in the second round. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and Richfield Trumbull, if they play in the second round, you know, Richfield's really young. They only have one senior on the team. Um, but they obviously know Trumbull well. So I'm sure Trumbull will not want to see them <laughs> in, in the second round. Sure. You, know, you, you want to see teams that you, don't, you haven't seen before, just and they haven't seen you before, too. Yeah, no question. Yeah, some of that familiarity maybe uh, not not necessarily uh, an advantage once you uh, are into the tournaments uh, here. So you've, right. you've hit on a, a few of these FCAC teams. Obviously, you've been following the league all year. Um, what has sort of been the, the story um, from your perspective kind of on of the, the girls' basketball season in, in the Fairfield County League this year? You know, Stanford got hurt. Stanford had a girl, Alexa Kellner, who was – all-state player last year as a junior going to UMass, and she went down with a knee injury this year, and that really hurt them. I think they were a legitimate state title contender with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, but without her, they played really well. The teams you know, rallied, and their team that I think, I don't know if they're going to be able to make sign, but I think they can make a, you know, a little run here. The problem is if they win their first game, they'll be playing Mercy in that second game, and that, that's a really tough, uh, tough second-round game. Sure. But Trumbull's played really well down here this year. Steve Tobich... You know, he lost some players from last year, so you would think they'd take a step back, and they didn't really take a step back. You know, they, he plays, you know, eight or nine girls. They all come in. They do their part. Uh, they have a girl in Julie Keckler who's really talented. They have size inside. Uh, they play really hard defense. They don't care if the game's played in the 30s or, the, you know, the 60s. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever's going to work for them. Um, and Wilton, like I said before, I think Wilton is, is a senior team. You know, they lost a couple of games this year, but uh, Claire Gulbin is, is a really good player. I hope I'm pronouncing her name right. I'm never sure how to pronounce it. <laughs> um, it's, it's weird when you just read names. You never yeah, see absolutely. anyone <laughs> say them. Uh, but, yeah, I think Wilton and Trumbull um, are the teams I could really see making a run here in the double L. Uh, Norwalk's young, and they've had a rough stretch at the end here. Um but they could surprise some teams, too, uh, if they get hot. They have a couple of girls like Ashley Wilson, who's a really good outside scorer. Uh, Norwalk's got some athletic kids that can get out and run. Um, the problem for them might be that they wouldn't see a non-FCAC team until the quarterfinal round, so right. they're not going to be surprising anybody again. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and that's that's kind of what's been going on down here. Um, I, you know, the last couple of years you looked at Stanford and then you looked at Trumbull last year, and you, I, when I, you know, I think I even talked to you probably about these teams and said, look, those are teams that could be playing about Higgins Sun mm-hmm. without a lot of you know, thought behind it. Um, this year, I think it's going to be a little tougher for an FCAC team to, to make that run all the way there. Um, but I think Wilton and, and Richfield certainly are capable of doing it. Yeah. What about, uh, what about some of the top players, maybe, uh, that, that fans uh, who, who don't make it down to that part of the state very often, um, you know, haven't had a chance to check out, but may be able to, uh, to leave their imprint on the tournament a little bit? Who are some folks to watch uh, as the, that girls' tournament uh, progresses? Uh, yeah, I mentioned a few of them, but um, Brooke Kelly, uh, who plays for Stanford, she really stepped up this year as a senior. Uh, she was a sophomore on that team that won the state championship, uh, and she was, you know, obviously the, the number two behind Kellner, but when Kellner went down, Kelly just started going off. And in the FCI quarterfinals, she had 30 points. She absolutely laid it up from three points. Now, last night in the FCI semis, Trumbull knows this. They're all over her. They smothered her. She still, I think, got 18 points, but they're all over Yeah. Again, a team that doesn't know this comes into a game, and they're not guarding her where she can shoot deep threes, where both teams go out, don't go out and play. She's going to go off for some points in this tournament. And she's the kind of kid... 
when you get into a game like against Mercy, against a really good team, mm-hmm. who can make a huge difference. And if you know if one kid can do that, that uh, that's perhaps that can happen. You know, um, Ashley Wilson, the girl from Norwalk, uh, really again, really good outside shooter, very quick guard. Uh, Julie Keckler um, from Trumbull is just a, like a really good all-around player. She's like the epitome of what Trumbull basketball players are. Um, Darien's an interesting team. You know, they're really a low seed, but they have two senior girls, uh, Christy Fiore and Katie Ramsey, who are both at least six feet tall, uh, both athletic, both, uh, you know, all-conference soccer players sure. also. Um, and, again, uh, a lot of seniors in that team. So if for teams that are not familiar with them, and Darien made the SCAC playoffs this year, they did well in, in the conference. I wouldn't be surprised to see to see those girls do well there. Um Ward's got some good players. Uh, Olivia Parisi is a forward. You know, she's like a little under six feet, but she's strong inside, can rebound and score. Um, Richfield's only senior is uh, Caroline Carnal, who's I think all state in two, at least two sports, maybe three sports. <laughs> she's she was our first uh, athlete of the year last year as a junior, um, but she's she's really tough. She's a good rebounder, a great defender. Um, and then you know Ellie Fair, they're young. Staples is young, but uh, Ellie Fair is a guard who can who can do some damage. And, uh, and I mentioned Claire Goldman, who's for Wilton is uh, is really having a good year. And you can I saw it last night. And I've seen it before where she can just take over a game. Yeah, she's a guard, but she can go to the basket. She can shoot from outside, and she can really make things happen. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious, and I you know this is uh, I, I didn't uh, I, I normally prep Scott a little bit to give him a sense of what I'm uh, going to ask him, but I'm just kind of curious about this, you know. Um Obviously, with a lot of leagues, and particularly as you know, the sort of these leagues kind of consolidate teams a little bit and get so big, you know, you'll see that the the teams are sort of spread out once they get into tournament tournament time. But uh, you know, the FCAC is predominantly, you know, a class double L league. I'm curious if that's right. sort of you know from the even talking to the schools, you know, they've gone through the season, you know, playing essentially the the same teams, and then they get into the the CIAC tournament, and as you said, they do get matched up. Um, against you know some teams that they haven't played, it's not that the entire uh, double L field by any means is is FCAC squads. But I'm curious, sort of, if uh, just how you sort of look at that. You know, it's kind of an interesting perspective that it's the same teams that they've been playing kind of all year, and then you look at the bracket and uh, the pairings that they're going to have to wor- wind their way through uh, if they sort of hope to get to a uh, a CIAC championship. And it's um, you know a lot of the same teams that they've been been facing all year, rather than you know ones that are kind of Pot, you know, spotted around in, in different leagues. I'm just curious if that's sort of, you know, something that you've heard teams talk about in kind of an odd, uh, you know, way that they know that the if they're going to win a championship, they might have to beat some of the teams that uh, they've been playing all season. Yeah, and that's just a, I think there's you know, there's two sides to that. So you're playing double L schools all year. You should be ready for the double L tournament, mm-hmm. you know, and whether you're playing FCI teams or not, you're used to that level of competition. I think that does make them tougher, and that's why you can say, like, a, a 12 seed like Wilton is not, you, I wouldn't be shocked if they're playing, you know, in the semifinals. Mm-hmm. Um, because you have to go through this league, I think that really builds you up yeah. and really toughens you up and gets you ready for tournament basketball. And the way the league is played most of the time is it's the FCX a defensive league, it's a physical league, and that also really translates uh, to the state tournament, you know, where you're going to have to go and grind some of these games out. Yep. Um, so yes, you're going to have to play teams you've seen before. It's just it's unavoidable if you're going to have that many double L schools, and they're going to be successful. So if you put 
I don't know who they have in, but 10 or whatever, into the bracket. I mean, it's just, you can't avoid them. I mean, yeah. <laughs> if you're going to win in the opening round, then someone's going to play in the second round. You yeah. know, you, you hate to see them play each other in the first round. I know it happens just because that's the way it works. Mm-hmm. But, um, but like I said, this year it's pretty cool because they're, they're spread out. And like I said, the SEC teams are, are spread out too, the SWC. Um, but I think when you, you know, the, S, the SEC also has a lot of double L schools. Sure, so I think, absolutely. you know, Mercy coming out of there. Um, but New London plays a lot of smaller schools. So they haven't, that doesn't make them any less good. <laughs> but, <laughs> you heard you know, it here wait. on the podcast. Scott Erickson is, uh, you know, dismissing New London's chances. No. I'm dismissing their schedule. That's exactly I'm just right. saying they don't play, double, all, they don't play a, a, a schedule loaded with all double L's. Sure. That, that's all I'm saying. And yep. I think it just makes the double L's a little tougher. The, yep. the, I mean, the, the FCI double L schools a little tougher once they get into the tournament. No question. All right. Uh, so, yeah, I was just kind of thinking about that, you know, as you look, as you mentioned, through the, the pairings. And, yes, I, usually it seems like there is at least one. Uh, um, and I do see, you know, you mentioned the SEC. You've got Cheshire taking on Mercy in the first round. That's certainly uh, right, uh, yeah. across. And probably, I'm sure, some CCC uh, with the size of that league, some teams uh, matched up against each other as well. But certainly makes well, it, you massive. know. massive. I mean, I, I, I don't even know. Did they play each other in the, did they play each other in the regular season? Let's look. Uh, I don't know if they did. Yeah. So there you go. Huh? <laughs> that league's so huge, they don't yeah. even play each other. They don't have to face each other yet. So that's the teams that they know, but that they might not have played. So, yeah, so exactly. we'll, uh, you know, I won't, uh, as I said, I'm not going to make anybody uh, do any predictions here, but if you had to sort of, uh, you know, kind of mock up the tournament a little bit and, and play, uh, you know, and uh, and enter your office pool here with the Class Double L, uh, who would you sort of think of? For in your perspective, as as maybe the favorite, and then as you said, a, a team from your neck of the woods. If it's not, you know, the favorite that you could kind of most likely see uh, either playing for the championship or, or winning the championship, based on the, the quality of the team or, or maybe how their draw uh, came out. I mean, look, New London's the favorite. I mean, until someone beats them, uh, they're the favorite. I think they have a you know the, the, the better draw. I think the bottom half of the bracket is is much tougher. Just based on, you know, first glance and mm-hmm. on paper. You know, obviously it's different when you go to play the games. The teams from my area that I think could do it are, you know, Trumbull and Wilton. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Wilton as a 12 in the semis playing New London with a chance to go to with a chance to go to Mohegan Sun. Um, and I also wouldn't be surprised to see Trumbull, you know, make a run and play in the semis against Mercy. Um, so I think we'll, we'll get through that. You know, you never know. Mm-hmm. You know, that Stanford or Norwalk or Ward could definitely knock them off. And that's, you know, Mercy is the team that's going to have to run through all those FCAC teams, yeah. really. Once they beat Cheshire, you know, they're probably going to have to beat Stanford, then either Norwalk or Ward, and then probably Trumbull. Yeah. You know, if, if everything holds, you know, and, and those FCAC teams advance. Mm-hmm. But Mercy will get a nice taste of, of the FCAC. And um, like I said, they're, they're probably used to it anyway, having come from the SEC and playing those schools. But Realistically, I think that Wilton and Trumbull are the only two I could see getting the Mohegan Sun from from the FCAC this season. All right. So we uh, we appreciate it, Scott. We may not have a bracketology, but we have the run to the sun in uh, in Connecticut. I love the run sports. to the sun. It's awesome. So we're uh, we're ready for it, and uh, and I know you've uh, you've been covering this uh, this stuff all season, and I know you're ready to go. So we uh, we appreciate it, and we will look for all your good work at the uh, the Stanford Advocate, and uh, enjoy the enjoy the tournament. I know you'll be all over the girls' tournament and uh, the boys as well once it kicks off in a week or so. Appreciate the time, sir. Thank you so much. See you up on the weekend, son.
Always enjoy talking to Mr. Erickson. He does a wonderful job uh, writing about high school sports in that part of the state of Connecticut. Uh, I know basketball is a big uh, a big passion of his that he does a, a wonderful job keeping a track of. So we uh, enjoy getting on the phone with him. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, we reach out to him a little later as well as the winter season progresses. So thanks so much to Scott Erickson. Thanks to Pat Simon. And thank you to you all for joining us on this edition of the CIC Cast, episode 88. We are starting to make our way up towards that century mark, which is hard for me to believe, although uh, we'd be a lot closer if I didn't keep taking, you know, three or four week breaks in between. But we are going to try and stick to our every other week schedule during the CIC tournament. So be sure to subscribe at uh, iTunes. You can listen to us, uh, find us on the the Google Play uh, app if you're an Android uh, person, and you can also uh, find us on Stitcher. Three great places to uh, get the podcast, subscribe, then you don't have to worry about uh, my erratic recording schedule. You'll just have the podcast delivered to you whenever it is uploaded. So we hope you will go ahead and do that. Uh, As always, you can follow the CIC on Twitter. That will be a great place for tournament updates. We'll be tweeting out uh, the championship results as soon as they come throughout the weekend. Uh, facebook.com slash CIAC sports. We're on Instagram now at CIAC sports as well. So lots of good things to, uh, to ways to follow the CIAC and the CIAC cast. Um, tournamentcentral.ciacsports.com. You are going to want to bookmark that page. It's got all of the information. I mentioned live results from the wrestling championships this weekend. Uh, and, of course, the NFHS Network will be streaming live from the uh, the wrestling championships on, uh, on Saturday evening. So check that out. The dance championships as well, Hamden High School. Let's not forget about those folks. Those uh, students are uh, going to be competing there. You can watch that as well on the NFHS Network. So we hope you'll take advantage of the many, many, many ways to follow high school championships and high school sports in Connecticut as we wind down through the winter season. It's going to be an exciting few weeks. We are. Uh, it's almost March, and uh, and that means the run to the sun and uh, the road to uh, the whale and all that good stuff is going to be underway here, and uh, it's going to be an exciting time. We love this time of year. Championship time is a lot of fun. So we hope you'll follow along with us on all of those places and by listening to the CIAC cast. So once again, I'm Joel Cookson. Enjoy championship weekend. We hope you'll be back with us uh, when we return in a few weeks for another edition of the CIAC cast. <laughs>